and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. We are here, Crofton, Ryan, worst month of the year, November, to brighten up uh, your month a little bit. Um, and uh, I say worst month of the year only because it is. I am Crofton. With me, as always, is Ryan Murphy. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, worst worst month of the year is that just because it's sandwiched between halloween and christmas well ryan i'm glad you asked yeah um so it is it is the worst month of the year for any reason that you can think of it's not winter so you can't do winter sports but it's not summer either so you can't do summer stuff it's some days it's raining some days it's freezing rain sometimes it's actually snowing my facebook reminded me that this time last year i was sledding but then the week after i was raking leaves all of which i was doing under freezing rain so it's just overall a shitty month in which you can't do a ton of stuff or that you can't you know like it, it's not a great temperature the sky tends to be gray more often than not the, there's no color leaves on the trees they're gone um it's sort of a transitory month in the states they have american thanksgiving here we don't have that so i mean there isn't that holiday theme as well uh so yeah i would just say you know in canada it's not not a great not a great month what do you want you know what i i apologize to our listeners if i made the same rant last episode i may have because it was november then too uh i can't remember if you made the same rant i i think the idea behind november being this especially in canada like this in between month you know you've got this build up to halloween and then you've got this build up to christmas and uh i think last we last episode we even talked about you know and we have an email at the end of the show related to christmas um it's it's one of those things where in this pandemic like whatever makes you happy makes you happy and if it's putting your like we've we've decorated for christmas we've got the lights up we've we've gone you know even today like ashley was putting up as i was playing spider-man which we'll talk about in a bit she was putting up our second tree and uh i'm like oh wow okay we're we are two trees two oh my uh two now these are now these are fake trees that we've we don't do the real thing i don't know if you do the real thing and we will have we're having a a conversation this year jesse wants to get a fake tree Mm -hmm. i want to do whatever the hell is easiest i do i do enjoy your story about how you're playing spider-man and ashley is doing like the work (laughs) and she's like putting up this tree and you're kind of like uh babe babe can you move uh i'm just like i'm just in a fight here oh 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 anyway i mean um i could i could uh i could try to defend myself here but what i could say is that the tree was being set up to the side so it was perfectly you know, uh, it was it was all good. Like I was playing Spider Man, and, and she was putting the tree up. Yes, I should have been. I should have been helping. Uh, probably you're like. But to my defense, I helped with the first four trees. Uh, you know, like uh, give give me a break here. At one point, I got to play Spider Man. Uh, I I don't really have a defense. I you know what? I suck at decorating. Um, I suck at Christmas decorations in general. There's really no defense here other than my sheer incompetence when it comes to putting up decorations i i did the lights out front mainly because i am taller and i can get up on the ladder and stick them on the east trough but other than that uh i'm a box lifter and a lights putter upper that's about so it so you you guys are decked out already 
Yeah, we are. We've got the lights up. We've got the trees up. There are no there are no presents under the tree. Like that's that's the thing that we wait until probably the week before Christmas, if not later. And uh, I'm getting some. I'm, my door just opened, and <laughs> Ashley's shaking her head at me. Sarah, you have something to say? Oh, there are presents under the tree. So I am mistaken. I have failed once again, listeners. There are presents under the tree. So. Well, I will say at least you're making November not shitty because, I mean, getting back to my November rant, like <laughs> yeah, and, get and, back and, to that. And this is this is not a this is not any way a desecration of our troops. And anybody who starts with that sentence is probably heading in the wrong direction. Yeah. Do we want but, to pull up here or what's going on? No. It's re- but Remembrance Day, which is Memorial Day in the states, is in November. And let's be honest, like it's a very important day. I I recognize it uh, every every year. I do them. You know, I participate in the ceremony. This year it was a bit different or whatever. But like I won't lie and say like when I'm looking at my vacation calendar, being like, wow, you know, there's Halloween and then Remembrance Day. Like Remembrance Day is a downer of a, a celebration, and even people who participate would acknowledge it. It's important, but it just adds to that flavor of of November being like kind of a down introspective kind of time that is just you know i'm i'm not big on november ryan yeah speaking of other sentences that you is not going to lead anywhere good uh you know a funny story about remembrance day uh when i was in high school i was part of the av club and we were trying to carve out our niche and that niche was and i i I realize how stupid this is now our niche was the birthday club and what we would do is somehow we would get the the list of everyone's names in high school from faculty to read out the birthdays for that week or month. And uh, I think we, we, we there were, for Remembrance Day we we like did um, we cut this together. It never aired. I should I should mention that. But we cut this thing together. It was a bunch of like it was the bugle call. It was a bunch of historical footage, and then it was like a list of the birthdays. And <laughs> so we we uh, we showed it past the. Uh, the the teacher who had to screen everything that went f- for the morning Friday the Friday morning announcements were always in video, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna just no, we're not doing this because you guys realize how depressing this is. Like birthdays are supposed so to be wait, fun." So wait, wait, these were the you okay? There's so much. To I know there's a lot here. here. I know. Yeah. That's why that's why I told the story because I figured, hey, this could, this could lead somewhere fun or embarrassing, but that seems so- to be the path going back to this so first <laughs> off you were in the av club that's, i was in that's, the av club i wasn't the av club well, yeah that that's that's good right there i'll uh but then secondly you made videos so whenever it would be somebody's birthday in there high would school be a, yeah in high school on friday there would be a video that would go out or something yeah so in in high school the high school i went to uh they did friday video announcements so there were tvs in every room and they were networked. I mean, I'm describing like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, this was a this was a big deal. It was interesting to me. But now it's like, it yeah, done in any way well, possible. I, yeah, I guess uh, I, I didn't I didn't have that. Well, I'm yeah, and, and essentially what would happen is every Friday they would have these video uh, announcements and I was a part of the AV club. That would be that was our shtick. That was what we carved out. Other times it would be like um there'd be other people shooting uh announcements or news or just skits um the av club would do like a big sort of skit uh i think they would do like quarterly movies that they would shoot i think i can't remember if they were like 
at the end of the semester. Yeah, I think they were at the end of every semester. They would shoot like this short video and they did Halloween ones. It was a lot of fun, but for like some recapping? Reason, like no, recapping like, uh, original script type short films. I don't have any uh I think I have oh, like a, a tape of some of the stuff I did in high school somewhere at VHS. It's probably rotted out by now. I don't know. Oh, I feel like there's a Patreon goal. <laughs> there uh, probably, yeah, that, I I could probably digitize that and there's probably uh, some fun stuff in there. I I Okay, well We'll leave it alone for now, but Good. trust me, I Let's definitely, I I definitely want to go back to your AV club days. I feel like this is unmined <laughs> potential. Uh, but before we do that, let's let's just roll right into the dungeons, Ryan. That's where we normally start the show because we both like to talk about the things that are the geekiest in our lives that are giving us the most uh, pleasure outside of taking care of our wonderful children. Ryan, did you want to go first? What, what have you been geeking up on this week? Well, uh, quickly, I uh, we had Extra Life. We did our game day. I raised over $1,700 for sick kids in Toronto, which was an amazing day. We raised a bunch of money. Uh, we played a bunch of games. We talked about uh, those games on the Gamers Inn, including Raft and Phasmophobia. We played a, a very scary game with, uh, with a fellow dad, Alex Elbisu, and a couple other folks. And uh, yeah, scared the. I was a, I was a little chicken. I did not want to play that game. And whenever anything scary happened, I would look away from the monitor and close my eyes. Uh, the only, but the the real problem with that game, Phasmophobia, is the sound design. So if you're closing your eyes, it's like you're not missing much. It's all about the sound. And I just happened to have these new uh, 7.1 sort of Corsair headset right before I played that game. So that was. Uh, fun and uh, it was a lot of fun i'm actually genuinely curious to get back into that game but something we've both been playing video games wise and i i didn't message you ahead of time so i had no idea you had you had picked this one up but uh, i am playing spider-man miles morales but not on a playstation 5 and i see you're doing the same so um it's funny that you're like, somehow, Crofton, I didn't coordinate with you, but you also are playing a Spider-Man video yeah, game. Yeah, no, that... And it's, anybody who knows me would know that, that that is essentially a safe bet. Look, here, here's, here's the thing. Um, you and I talked about this when we were going over, like, sort of PlayStation 5 launch lineup and all that. I sort of said, you know, there's no way this game does not come to the PS4. It did obviously come to the PS4, and uh, we're both, you know, we're both playing it on that. Uh, version how far around would you say you already have a sense it gives you a percentage meter like uh at certain points when you're saving and you check your game at this but uh, would you say you're mostly done or halfway through or finished it i finished the story um i'm kind of bouncing around i finished it last night and i and i you know been it's pretty much all i've been playing since it came out and uh every chance i get to play video games uh, including when my wife is decorating for Christmas. I am playing Spider-Man Miles Morales, and uh, I, I stayed up a little late a couple nights just kind of pushing through the story. But no, it's it's a fairly short game. So it, when I say I finished it, we're not talking Spider-Man PS4 where, you wow, you did a 40-hour game. No, this is a 10 to 15-hour experience. The story is, you can pretty much mainline the story. I kind of avoided side quests and stuff. And I kind of just went through the story just to kind of experience that portion of it but uh yeah i i i finished the main story and i've got i've still got plenty to go i i haven't looked at the percentage yet but i would say 
probably 75 to 80 percent complete like there's not much left there but well, it's all you, sort of you finished the main story i've been doing the opposite in that i i've been playing it like i played spider-man one spider-man 2018 whatever you want to call it um I've been playing it in the way that I'm trying to milk every little ounce of it out. And so I'm doing the, uh, all the, you know, all the side quests, you know, uh, anytime a crime comes up, I got to jump on it. Anytime um, there is, you know, an added feature, the training sessions, the whatever I'm trying to do them all around the same time. And, 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 and uh, so that when I finish the story that I'll be close to like clearing out everything at the same time. So, but I do think that I'm pretty solid, like I'm pretty solidly through people keep t- saying that this is a fairly short experience and I put already a lot of time in it. So my feeling is that I, I can't have that, that much left to go, but again, like I'm not going to get you to ruin where I am in the story or anything like that. Um, I will just say that, um, I am enjoying it as well, a lot. And I would say that uh, one thing that I find interesting about this game is that, you know, they made a concerted effort to to, to pick a mid-20s Spider-Man for the Spider-Man 2018 game, one that had experience. I really like that. Um, everybody goes back to the sort of teenage dorky roots and stuff like that now. Uh, and I, I appreciate that. That's what makes him such a compelling character. However, I, I really, you know, I, having read a lot of comics, having seen this character grow up into a, an adult and stuff, and 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 re- reading a lot of that material, I was I was psyched for him to be in his twenties. Uh, but Miles uh, provides that sort of teenage uh, or a little above teenage kind of feel and it is still super awesome like that guy who's just coming to terms with his powers being like holy smokes i'm discovering stuff as i go you know wide-eyed enthusiasm that's really infectious and it and it is really noticeable in in this game because miles morales is not a character like um a, a lot of people have talked about like representation in this game and there is a lot of it from characters who are doing sign language uh to to various minority groups uh, which i think is fantastic however by you know like as as a total vanilla white man who looks kind of like peter parker i've i you know i don't have that attachment to miles the way that other people's people do so he lives with me on the strength of his characterization and i think it is just really good like i was in with him from from day one and really enjoyed his adventure and really enjoyed not knowing all the side characters like i know aunt may i know harry osborne i know norman osborne i've been around the block i haven't read miles comics so i was really keen to get to know his cast of characters because other than the spider-verse film i don't really know um him that that well uh, what were your what were your thoughts yeah no I, i'm not as familiar with miles morales either but i think where i started to understand the character was when spider-man homecoming came out and um donald glover's character was playing uh aaron davis i think yeah and he mentions his nephew and again like that was like peak marvel for me it was pre avengers endgame and and um and whatnot but it was also like i was looking for every piece of information of course one of those tidbits was the fact that they name drop not named sorry they get as very close they walk right up to that line to name dropping you know miles morales but they don't but they mention you know the fact that aaron davis is in this universe he mentions a nephew therefore it's very likely that miles morales exists in the mcu to some capacity he's not spider-man yet but he is there 
Um, and after that, Into the Spider-Verse, of course, a big portion of that uh, pushed me to sort of discover more about Miles Morales. And and then when Miles Morales was part of the pre-PR um, uh, for, for Spider-Man 2018, I'm, I just, I was, I knew that, you know, as Spider-Man 2018 was developing and as we were playing that game and got to the end of it, it's like, okay, wow, the next experience in some capacity will include Miles Morales. And then we got that Miles Morales teaser for the PlayStation 5 event. And it's like, oh my God, we get to play this character. And you're right, like for you and I, it's just, it's another great Spider-Man character, but for a lot of people, it's representation. And I've seen a lot of those uh, you know, those testimonials and those stories online about how much, how, how much this means, um, to, to a lot of folks. And I think, I think it's great. Honestly, I, I want to see more of this. I want to see, uh, more Miles Morales, you know, more Spider-Man in general. Um, I, I, I am ready for, I think, I think we're ready for Miles Morales to, to come into the MCU. I hope they're doing something with him, uh, as opposed to having, you know, uh, three, uh, white Spider-Man or men in, uh, in the new Spider-Man three coming out, like maybe, maybe not bring Andrew Garfield back or Tobey Maguire, maybe bring in Miles Morales and, and do it that way. Like, I think there's a lot of fun you can have with this character and, but the thing that comes to mind when you're playing this game and your 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 character Miles Morales is discovering these powers of like bioelectricity and um and camouflage and you're just thinking to yourself like Peter Parker when he gets back from vacation is just going to be livid like he gets he gets Miles Morales gets all of Peter Parker's powers and two extra super cool moves like that's in, that's that's pretty Yeah, I know. Bad. Well, it, and I think in the character design, that is like, you know, because it is like that in the comic books as well. People will be like, oh, man, this is a lot. Peter leans on, I guess, his experience. And in the video game form, they give him a bunch of gadgets that Miles only gets four gadgets mm-hmm. in the game. And, and that definitely does have an impact, pun intended, because the impact webbing I was missing a lot of in, oh, in yeah. this game. I relied on it a lot in tw- in the 2018 Spider-Man. Um, th- that said, like, it is, yeah, it plays differently all your points are well made. Miles Morales is probably their biggest, Marvel's biggest successful creation in the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years in terms of uh, characters. It's very difficult since the 1960s, early 70s, for them to create new characters that resonate um, as well as he has. That said, he is still Spider-Man. Like, his move set and all of that is is, is still Spider-Man. His look is an, is an alternate Spider-Man look. So... You know, you're working from a, a a template that has has proven extremely successful. I will say, just switching gears because Miles Morales as a game, like I think you and I have talked about Spider Man on here before. I remember I made the boneheaded thing saying that I was frustrated about how Spider Man knocked guys off buildings. Turns out that he's actually webbing them, but you you just barely see it. They've just kind of they've kind of set that up there. So, but I remember we talked about that game on this show. I would repeat same thing. I'm really into the game. It plays well. It's smooth. It's awesome. It follows the same template of the last one. One thing I just think it's worth mentioning because we're both playing it on the PlayStation four is that like, it's really easy to get caught up in a new console hype. Like you're like, Oh, PlayStation five. Oh, Xbox series X, these new consoles. And I just got this brand new monitor literally this is the first thing i've done with this new monitor on my, on my pc today it's very big it's fancy it's whatever i realized while getting this monitor that that i haven't even been like playing games 
on my existing console or PC to the capacity that I could in terms of graphics and all that, because you're only your computer or your system is only as effective as the weakest piece, you know? Hmm. Um, and uh, I have like a, a 4K OLED TV and a PlayStation 4 Pro. And I playing Miles Morales. And at no point do I ever think, wow, this game looks like shit. You know, like it looks friggin' amazing. And yes, I know it's like people are like, oh, ray tracing. Oh, you know, the triggers, if you, the, the controller rumbles all interestingly. And look, I'm sure that I will appreciate it at one point, but mm-hmm. that is not a d- reason to purchase a PlayStation five system for me. Um, you know, like the, there people have talked about oh, Sony's lineup is more impressive. Oh, you have a remake of demon Souls? I have demon souls on the PS three. If I really want to play it, I will pull it out. That's, you know, that's not, that's not enough of a reason for me to buy this new console. I have never been less like, I'm not saying that these aren't great machines. I've never been less tempted to buy a new console. And maybe it's the half measures, the PS4 pros and all of that, mm-hmm. um, it, which is what I have that make it so that, so that I'm comfortable, um, not, not advancing, but I am not, I, I really am not interested in the PlayStation five right now. And, uh, we will see like, if they're able to get people like me, they said it's like a three year incubation period. And I guarantee they release a couple of games and I can only play on that or that really are graphically much more impressive on that. But my looking at, looking at miles on my 4k OLED TV, I'm just like, look, this is pretty damn nice. Yeah, no, I think Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and I mentioned this on The Gamers In, there's a great technical review that IGN has done of all the versions of Miles Morales across the launch PS4, the PS4 Pro, and the PlayStation 5, which does have a performance mode, which removes ray tracing but boosts it to 60 frames per second. And I think if you're playing um, your your games on the half-measure consoles of the Pro and the X, uh, the One X, you you do have access to some of those performance modes that prioritize frames per second over resolution and 60 frames per second is a huge deal i mean that new monitor you bought it's got 144 refresh rate it's got um uh, 1440p resolution when you start playing games at that resolution with that sort of frame rate um you're experiencing what those next gen consoles are truly offering uh plus load speeds But you're right, it comes down to the content. And when you look at the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X slash S, if you didn't own the previous generation's uh, platform for that that, uh, system, it's a great investment. Like if you don't own a PS4 and you're jumping to the PS5, you've now got a whole back catalog, especially if you subscribe to PS Plus, um, you're going to have access to the best PlayStation 4 games that came out pre-2019. Same with the Xbox Series X and S. If you never owned an Xbox One X and you don't have a powerful PC, because I know a lot of those games have come to PC now, you all the more reason to go out and buy an Xbox Series X. But I think Spider-Man Miles Morales was the first test for me to see if I could handle waiting. Um, can't say it was easy. There was a lot of moments where I was like, oh, well, hell look at this the playstation 5 is in stock and i could just hit add to cart and i could buy it but i'm happy to say like to my wallet and and to my lovely wife who i have had this conversation multiple times with about next generation consoles um is that i think i i passed this specific instance miles morales is a really great cross-generational game and uh 
totally playable on the PS4 Pro. And yes, if you play it on PlayStation 5, I'm sure you're going to have a great experience. But it felt like a it felt like a win to me in the sense that I knew the second I pre-ordered Miles Morales, that copy of the game included that free upgrade path. So let's say I buy I drop off Miles Morales and then I buy a PS5 in the new year, spring or whatever, I can pick up my progress in Miles Morales and continue playing um, on the PS5, you know, without skipping a beat. It's all, the, like, the pro-consumer stuff is all there for me to feel confident giving Sony the $60 or whatever for the game, knowing that if I do upgrade my console, I have that path to upgrade. And it's, and it's that's the beauty of this generation is, is for the most I part, know, yeah, it that's true and that makes it easier to wait as well and like uh you know um assassin's creed valhalla and ubisoft games that are like these huge because uh, let's be honest like if i if i'm picking up a playstation 5 in a year or two and i upgrade miles morales i'm gonna play the game from the beginning yeah. um for the most part because it's not that long a game right really you're you're not gonna you're unlikely to switch halfway halfway through it's nice to have that option it's really nice to be able to upgrade um to get the upgraded version but like a game like assassin's creed valhalla what is so insane is that like ubisoft has it like you create a ubi account you can start playing that game on ps4 and then get an xbox series x and continue your game and that's crazy to me that like you you start on a playstation and you're not even locked to that family of consoles you know it's not in that uh, instance you are buying the game again right because it's not you're not unlocking the game on multiple platforms. You right. I guess that's fair. Your your save can. You're not wrong. Your save can transfer. Like I've thought about uh, Valhalla. Whether I play it um, tomorrow or I play it next year on the Xbox Series X. Like my kind of plan for next gen consoles is this: I'm going to do Xbox All Access for the Xbox Series X because I love Game Pass, and I'm I want a next gen console to play uh, a majority of my third party games on the TV because like you, I have a 4K TV and I just prefer the couch experience and the easeability, the easeability, the, the ease of function to just sit down, install and go. Um, I think that's going to be my route for third party and Microsoft first party stuff. And then the PS5 will be once enough games stack up, which you know, they're going to be in 2021 with Horizon and God of War 2 and Ratchet and Clank. Then I'll look out for a PS5 and, and that is a scenario totally unique to me and, and and some other gamers where it's like you got to have access to the platforms you want but the xbox all access thing just makes it so easy for me to just say yeah i'll pay 40 bucks a month like it's it's a no-brainer right i guess my my overall point was i was just saying that like let's say that there were no new consoles this sure. year let's say they come out next year but let's say assassin's creed valhalla and miles morales still came out this year um nobody would be getting miles morales and being like like the only reason we're talking about differences in ign's running these series and people are being like oh am i getting the best version of miles morales here is because these new consoles exist and 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 people are looking for reasons to want them but but valhalla again like odyssey looks amazing on my ps4 pro i guarantee it looks amazing you know it looks amazing on an xbox series as well uh, um uh, xbox one x or whatever the i missed this xbox generation so i'm a little behind but uh on that but like bottom line is valhalla on on 
those systems or on my PC for that matter is going to look really nice. Now I mentioned my friend Bo is playing Valhalla on his potato computer that is like he's had since like the year 2000 and just incrementally tweaks with from time to time, you know, practically. Um, so, so you can run, it, it's possible to run these things and it, what was great is like, he said, yeah, I'm having a really good time playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's an awesome game. I'm playing it on low graphical settings, but I don't mind. The game's awesome. And I'm like, you know what? That's a healthy attitude. These games are awesome. People are getting caught up on like, oh, I can have a little more ray tracing. And I am the guiltiest of the guilty offenders because I've been looking at how can I play cyberpunk the best way possible when it comes out. And then I was like, you know what? I checked the specs. My computer can run cyberpunk. I'm, I got yes, I got a new monitor now. But why do I need a new computer? Why do I need a new video card? Why do I need a new console? And the reality is, I don't. I'm. I, I can just get the game. I'm good to go. And I think a lot of people are 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 getting caught up in the consumer rat race. And I understand it. I'm just saying that, like, if ever there was a generation not to worry about it, this is the one. Right away. I mean, we we have we can't kid ourselves. Like, eventually there are going to be, uh, there's going to be a year where yeah this all of our future first party games are coming to ps5 like the playstation 4 will fall off the table you know our pcs will will uh, fail to keep up in a in a meaningful way that we that we want to see i i think cyberpunk 2077 is the next true test of my metal to see if if uh yeah i i, I mean i have to wait for a next gen console because they're not available you know and uh my dog is snoring in the background <laughs> uh but uh I I saw that video for Cyberpunk 2077 running on Xbox One X and Xbox Series X, and I couldn't. It, the differences were not so great that I could tell. Like it was very hard to tell the difference between the two. And yes, I know the load times will be quicker on the Series X. And yes, I am aware that that is just the Xbox One X version running on the Series X. There's going to be like a next gen free update down the road, but uh, it's. <laughs> it's a it's a game that i i i will either play on pc or xbox one x i haven't decided yet but we'll see how that goes and if it goes well but again it's like it's zero risk for me because if i buy it on xbox one x i know that i can play it on a series x down the road like i can hit pause on it and be like all right let's start looking for a series x you know um it's uh you're right it's a very it's a generation where we can you can sit back and you can wait it out because you kind of have to at this point. Like there's no stock. Like today there was a bit of a rat race where it's like they had their first restock here in Canada, but it was like five systems per store. And they were, they went on the wait, they went to the wait list, you know, they, they didn't go to the shelves. They, they didn't make it off the pallet. They went, you know, I just, I just imagine Ryan, like, and like to my point about these people, like the idea of you're only as strong as your weakest piece i just imagine these people are don't have 4k tvs and have like 1080p whatever monitors and are like they're like i can't my xbox one x is no good anymore now i gotta get the series x and they're lining up for it to play their xbox series x on their 1080p like you need to have all the right pieces. That's how incremental we are now in terms of how these are improved over the last generation, you know? Uh, and uh, if, if you don't have them, then, then like, what are you doing? Like, just wait, you know, uh, anyway. 
sorry, I'm I'm done being negative. The last video game thing I will mention before while we're in the dungeons is um uh so I've been as everybody who listens, so I've been doing the Divinity Original Sin 2 playthrough. We're right at the end, but it's getting harder and harder to get all of the the boys corralled um to do to do uh, to get us over the finish line and so uh mike and i have started uh, divinity original sin one which is a co-op two-player game and we just we just started it and i'm appreciating it quite a bit it's different than the second it makes me appreciate the polish they've given to the second it is much more like traditional DD, uh whereas two is much more sort of video game friendly i guess um and the that's I say that in a good way. Like some people might be like, oh, you know, much more like D&D. That's my jam. But that means that like, you know, when you get in a combat or a fight, you have it's like XCOM where you have like a 65% chance to hit and all mm. that. Where in Divinity 2, you're pretty much hitting every time. And it can be frustrating to get miss, miss, you know, over and over and, and some of the other things. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. And I'll, I will update you as it goes on. We're just at the very beginning. Cool. Well, um, I, those are, it's funny. Like, um, when we, we talk in the dungeons and diapers a little bit about like balancing and sort of playing games. Um, there are games that I know if I'm going to buy, it's for a very small amount of time. And that's what I'm going to get out of it. Even though it is a like hundred hour game and Divinity, original sin one and two are games that I've stayed away from knowing that it is very unlikely that I will even scratch the surface on those games. And I was, I was hesitant. I'm hesitant to buy Valhalla. I was hesitant to pick up watchdogs Legion, but I had a, a discounted pre-order for it. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's throw it at the Xbox one X. And again, like the upgrade path, I can play it on the series X. If I do get one down the road, um, fun games, but going in, I have to say to myself, like, okay, like, I am going to play a fraction of this game and I need to be okay with that because that is how I have to live my life now. <laughs> Unless, you know, you look at Spider-Man and it's like, you, I have to put all my effort into finishing it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying Divinity Original Sin and uh, enjoying two so much you're playing the first one. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, it's it's a social experience, right? Yeah. Like we're and there are no games like this where it's like you're going on an adventure with your friends and you're able to play off them. They play so much better with friends. Uh, really recommend that, especially in the pandemic time. Ryan, just something that you you pointed out because I do get your point, like about like you know your Ubisoft in particular makes these egregiously bloated games where it's like they're so long, there's so much content. I I find it's all like just it's all related to the reviews for the first Assassin's Creed in 2007, when that game came out, all the reviews were like, there's this is a great, nice world, but there's not enough to do all of them. Seven out of 10, not enough to do seven out of 10. And since then Assassin's Creed two onwards, they've thrown everything in the kitchen sink into those games. Yeah. To they the, took it to heart. To the, to the, yeah. Really to heart to the yeah. point that it's, it, it's ridiculous. I'll show you. Yeah. I will <laughs> show you over the next decade. You will not me lacking and shit to do but my question to you is like knowing that that's your d- jam that you that you go into these big games and you have to say to yourself okay ryan i'm gonna play just a fraction of this and then i'm gonna move on what is your take on cyberpunk are you also is that your plan because it's gonna have as much content if not more than, than these games i 
like I'm going to treat it like The Witcher 3 where I'm going to literally milk it dry, which is rare. I don't normally do that with these types of games, but unless it's, it, unless I'm misreading it and it's a, it's a huge flop or something. Cyberpunk is my preferred uh, fiction. I love cyberpunk fiction uh, and The Witcher 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. So I just feel like the, the signs are there for this thing to be amazing. And so I'm going to play the shit out of it. But are you planning in the same thing, like to approach it, maybe just, you know, do a little bit, dip in and then move on to the next one? I I don't think so. I, I think with Watch Dogs Legion, I I played enough of it to kind of um, get a, a sense of it and and really enjoy the parts I played. Uh, but I think with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, I'm going to approach it from a standpoint of like I'm going to play this and just enjoy what I play. Like I don't know much about the story. I don't know much about the gameplay. I've seen trailers like the sort of like. I think the Series X slash Xbox One X comparison was the first time I saw driving in the game. Like, I knew there was driving, but I hadn't seen it before. And I think I'm just excited to kind of experience that game because the world is just so vibrant and there's so much to do. Um, Sort of like how I approached The Witcher 3. I just kind of played it. And um, if it hooks me in a way that I finish it, like Witcher 3 did, and I think it will because I like CD Projekt Red and, and the way they do things, I am I am thinking I'll I'll just I'll just play it to experience it and if it ends up being something I finished like I I jump I I fell off Watch Dogs Legion a little bit um when Spider-Man obviously Spider-Man Miles Morales came out and that was my that was my game and and I think with Miles Morales it was the same deal like I just wanted to experience it I knew pretty well going in that I was going to finish it just due to its length and the quality of its content um but uh yeah I I, I honestly don't know with Cyberpunk. I it, I could just be so overwhelmed that I don't end up playing it, but I think that's why I kind of want to get it on consoles because with the PC, it's been more and more, and we've talked about this a lot, it's been more and more difficult for me to um, really latch onto a game on PC because it's just, it feels, I feel too office-y. Like it's, I don't know. It's, it's just so much more comfortable to play on the big screen sitting on the couch and that is my personal preference i know a lot of people love their pc but um we shall see i i'm looking forward to that game i i think it's it's got style to 11 and it looks like it's just gonna be a blast to kind of just experience there's so much i don't it looks like it looks like a really fun game yeah i i am i am stoked as well and that's why uh that's why i asked just because it's like one that i put a lot of like you know, forward hopes into, and and as an adult, I appreciate that all these games are not the same, and some of them take uh, a lot more risks than others. Uh, one other thing is is that um, video games I find um, are seldomly seldom surprise me anymore. Like you start to realize the rules of the game, and I thought about this when playing Miles Morales. I have played so much of Spider Man 2018. I knew every one of his swing animations, like off the top of my head. Like he could never do something, uh, be it a flip or a swing or whatever, without my brain being able to be like, you know, I know that. Like I played so much of this game, I I know all of the animations. If all of a sudden he did a different animation, it would have blown my mind, right? And Miles, of course, like does complete has a complete new animation set or whatever it feels. So when I'm first swinging around with him, it feels so different. Feels completely like because my brain has yet grasped what is possible and what is not possible in the game. And what I think about CD Projekt Red games and what I'm hopeful for is that the rules are much different than they are for 
others uh, other games they it was the same with red dead for, say what you will about it, it it you could do so many things that you couldn't necessarily do in another game that you would know what the rule is you cannot do this there's an invisible wall here or we're going to skip this animation or we're going to whatever uh the game couldn't surprise you anymore and i'm just my feeling is cyberpunk is going to be surprise after surprise uh, and you won't get necessarily into a routine as much as you might in other games. Anyway, I'm totally <laughs> stoked as you may be able to tell. Well, we will be able to talk about cyberpunk 2077 in, Oh, it looks like it's actually coming out on a night we're scheduled to No, I lied. So the week at time, the week after cyberpunk comes out we will be recording so there will be plenty of time to play the game and then discuss our initial thoughts because it sounds like both of us are going to be enjoying it um before we jump out of dungeons i wanted to give a quick shout out to a surprise for me i had not heard of this although i'll tell a a pretty not embarrassing story but a funny story about um anyways i'm watching or i watched all of auntie donna's big old house of fun on netflix which is a sketch comedy show i believe the um comedians are australian i could be wrong uh, i think i think they're australian they uh they are hilarious but it is definitely the type of humor that actually like noped the hell out of the room it's very i wouldn't call it cringe it's very silly sketch comedy um you watched one of the skits beforehand uh the stray man which was is from their netflix series and i'm pretty sure that's that's the that's homelander although um a less buff homelander it certainly looks like him maybe it's not i could be wrong um but have you heard of Andy donna before it's a comedy sketch group not until you sent me that link i had not i had not heard of this so one. i i don't know if this is your style of humor and frankly it's not usually mine but for some reason it just it clicked with me and i was laughing out loud i was just it was crazy i, I was in stitches it was it, i found it so funny and some of the sketches hit and some of the sketches don't but when they do hit it is incredibly funny uh they have a huge backlog i actually sent like the youtube uh the netflix trailer to a group of friends of mine from university i'm like hey guys you got to check this out on netflix and um one of my good friends he's like oh yeah i've I've been watching them for years they're really good i'm gonna check that out i'm like oh i thought i had discovered something um but clearly they they're quite popular i had no idea i had no idea who these folks were until you can't special you can't surprise the av club nerds ryan no no well no these weren't the av club nerds these are the computer science uh friends so I guess it stands. It's fine. I shouldn't have corrected you. (laughs) (laughs) And they are Australian. They're, they're, uh, they are noted as an Australian absurdist comedy group. I mean, honestly, like it's just hilarious. The, uh, Ed Helms is in it and he plays like, he's the executive producer, but he also plays a character, uh, executive producer in the show. There's this one sketch that's totally off the wall where, one of the guy come one of the guys walks in and he's like i just don't like this house anymore every time i open a, a door a man narrates the the door and it's like and he opens the he opens the uh the cupboard and, and all you hear off camera is like creaky creak creaky door creak and it's just i can't do it just it's so funny it's totally up my alley and uh it's a great it's a great easy watch there are 20 to 30 minute episodes there's six of them it is hilarious um they are so i've never seen anything like it and it's just i hope they get a second season i really i need a second season because this is 
it's 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 too little of of something so great so and they have a huge backlog on youtube so you can go check out all their stuff but yeah well, definitely it, recommend it's funny like i really do support netflix getting into the business of supporting sketch comedy uh i know that um they they uh uh, uh jesus uh, bob and um oh mr uh, x right uh, bo- no uh mr show uh, mr show what's bo- mr x bob bob and da- bob and david uh and uh they uh bob odenkirk and david cross they had a sketch show uh way back it was sort of a cult thing netflix brought it back but uh what i like about this is it it feels like it's more like it's giving i'm I, and these guys may have been around for a while but it's it's exposing them to a larger audience it isn't a nostalgia trip uh and uh i i like that a lot because i was you know with with alex trebek dying i was watching the old celebrity jeopardy sketch sketches on snl um as i think a lot of a lot of people were and uh i just was like you know snl provides a valuable service at being this long-standing institution but the most interesting sketch comedy stuff is often done on the margins in shows like this and uh, so i am glad to see netflix putting their vast amount of money behind something like this oh and they've got and there's songs too so like right off the bat when you come into the show uh the first song you hear it starts off with song and it's uh everything's a drum and it's just hilarious and i'll just leave it at that you you if you have Netflix, you will know immediately when you watch that first episode in the first three minutes whether you're going to enjoy it or not. Because if you can get through that that singing number, then you will know if this is for you. Because honestly, uh, I was watching it and uh, Ashley just walked out of the room. <laughs> it's not her jam. Um, I think I was literally finishing it yesterday and she saw me finishing it and it's like, you're still watching that? <laughs> so um, it's not for everyone, but I loved I- it. I just imagine she's seeing that while decorating her seventh Christmas tree. <laughs> okay. She's like, you're still watching that? You're like, you're still decorating trees? Ryan, I do this for the family. But uh, the yeah. The kids do appreciate it. But I mean, now I'm, I feel infinitely funnier now that I've watched this sketch, this sketch comedy. Too. Uh, it's it's good. Um, yeah. It's I, th- a lot. I, think they should, I think they should do a sketch episode about a woman that has an addiction to decorating Christmas trees <laughs> and they have to put her in a room and they have to have an intervention. I think that would be awesome there. You can just run with this. At it this would point. fit, I think within that show. Um, it's, it's not based on a true story at all. All right. No. Uh, let us move on to something completely different. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if that was a pass to me, but um, we are going to have a kids TV show review uh, on the feed. So stay tuned to that. Uh, we are reviewing Dino Pups. Uh, it was uh, I got an extra life donation from my lovely kids. I don't know how they got the credit card, but they and figured out how to donate, but they did it. And we are going to talk about Dino Pups. We'll have some fun clips. We'll talk about how uh, sad we are that the kids are discovering that all these things are now toys and uh yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun so tune into that um next week as of this recording and also um if you want to donate and have us review a kids tv show you can do so by going to bit.ly slash extra life ryan twenty dollars will allow you to uh support the kids 100 percent goes to sick kids in toronto and you'll also make croft and i watch uh whatever kids show you pick as long as we can find it on streaming services or or anywhere even if there's like a youtube episode we can watch totally cool so ryan let me just understand this correctly Mm. so you raised over 1700 dollars yes in extra life but for some reason 
that money is not making me watch this kid show. It is the $20 that your kids have somehow managed to spend that, that is obviously your money. And yes. I get the impression that you probably I didn't just do it. really desperately wanted to review Dino Pups and then donated $20 yourself to either make me review it or to do it together. I'm not sure what's going on here, but you know what? I'll do it. It's funny because you're not even poking holes in the plan. You're literally tearing the curtain off the wall in the sense that, yeah, um, Ashley usually donates in the kid's name. And I said, hey, what do the kids want me to review on the show? Put it in the comments and we'll review it. So, I mean, it's like 50-50. But yes, like I did raise over $1,700 U.S., for sick kids, 100% of that US. is going to sick kids. No, I mean, it's U.S. dollars. That's like... I know, we in Canada, we have to say it because it's more money. It is. Like, when I <laughs> when I brag to, uh, to to folks in Canada, I have to say U.S. dollars because, like, oh, they nearly faint how much money that is. Yeah, no, I just... You you say it to them, you're like, I raised over $1,700, and they're like, whatever, and you're like, U.S., and yeah. then they faint. Yeah, they, they just faint. like, what? what the hell? I bring a little inflatable mattress, and I and they say, what's that? It's like, you'll see. $1,700 US and then they faint onto the mattress. Um, yeah. So I, this is, you know, I usually try to come up with some incentives for all the podcasts and try to make them unique to the show. And, and, uh, we're, we're trying out this new review format for these kids shows just to have a little fun and, and poke, poke fun, but also find some, hopefully some, some good stuff in there that the kids will enjoy. Uh, but yeah, for 20 bucks, we'll watch, uh, we'll watch the first episode of something. We'll have, we'll pull some clips. We'll have some laughs and uh yeah it's it's a really great cause too i love doing extra life i love supporting sick kids uh they are they're they're looking for more funds i think extra life has raised over 13 million dollars year to date uh and and yeah it's it's just it's a really great cause and and we love we love doing it and we love supporting it so um i've got a bunch more streams coming up so definitely go follow me on twitch twitch.tv slash ryanmurphyca and funny enough, the next stream is going to be Dungeons and Diapers related because I'm going to play Bug Snacks with the kids. So I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how it's going to work. Um, but we will uh, probably be going live Saturday at some point. Um, follow me on Twitch, and uh, I'll link the VOD in our in our episode links at some point down the road. But yeah, tune in for a Dino Pups review coming soon. So, Ryan, uh, speaking of our wonderful children, uh, mm-hmm. do you have updates from your family life that you want to share with the listeners? I do. Uh, so, Isabel, uh, this has been going on for a bit, but she's really getting the hang of it. She is crawling. Uh, she is kind of like sitting herself up now, and it's really getting on uh, Abigail's nerves. Like, Abigail will be sort of playing in the corner and Isabel will crawl like literally army crawl towards Abigail and Abigail will kind of freak out to the point where sometimes we have to intervene. Like she'll kind of push on Isabel saying like, no, you have to get away from the toys. And and sometimes she's doing it from the frame of like, these are my toys. You need to get away. Other times doing from the frame of like, um, there's the, you can't have these toys, Isabel. They'll, they'll kill you or they'll hurt you. or You'll choke. And she's using that as a, a, a mechanism to try to get, Isabel to go away but uh yeah Isabel is crawling she's chasing after the dog she she loves chasing after the dog food um Abigail's potty as well it's it's uh we usually have to put it up we always put it up because she'll go after it um which has not caused any mistakes with Abigail she's been doing really well with the potty training 
And I am happy to say we are two to two weeks free, frozen free. So I'm feeling pretty good. I've come down from my Lost in the Woods sort of um, complex, I guess. And um, yeah, we're we are frozen free since like two weeks now. So I, I we're doing well on that front. But uh, yeah, Isabel is just it's crazy how quickly these last eight months have gone. And uh, Isabel has just grown like crazy. And it, before you know it, she is going to be walking. So fun times that's ahead. Not, that's nuts. It does really seem fast, bearing in mind that we only do this show every two weeks. But like, you know, yeah, no, she she definitely, and I'm not sure if it's third kid syndrome or whatever, but she seemed to be growing up ridiculously fast. That She's already at the point that she could be walking. That's I, nuts. I think it could be third kid syndrome. I, I really do feel as though... Um, we would be surprised. Like, for example, we just started, we, we actually went out shopping and she came back and she was like, I realized like Isabel's six months. So we can start feeding those like baby rusts, like these little, like they're like, uh, rice. They're kind of like, I think they're like rice cakes essentially. And then also these like stars that she can have at eight months. So it's like, we should have been feeding her the rusts like a month ago. And then she can start this little, you know, the little, um, uh, rice cake stars in in just a couple of weeks and and it's crazy to see her go from being fed by a spoon to now like just taking the rusk and being like oh what do i do with this and like putting it in her mouth and being like, oh i eat it great and she's just off to the races on that stuff so um i almost have to remind myself like if she starts doing something new appreciate it capture it because before you know it she's gonna be an expert and she'll be moving on to the next thing because it's just I don't know if it's moving quickly or if I'm just busy. Like, honestly, between Caden and kindergarten and me trying to get back into what work might be, like, I'm kind of, you know, doing my podcast work and doing some web development stuff on the side just to kind of keep busy. Um, It's funny, Ashley had said the other day, like, she said, she said, I can't wait till you go back to work because your mind just seems to be needs something to focus on. Like I keep latching on. I spent the last week jumping between next gen consoles, my phone plan and our TV plan and just like, well, what about this? And what about that? What if we do this? And what if we go with this route? It's driving her insane. It's probably why she's happy to to let me play games and her go off and do decorating. She's probably she's probably like I I need to decorate another tree. What what one thing that <laughs> one thing that's funny about that is is um is I can I can relate a bit because I'm just looking to see if she's behind me. She's not. Uh, my but my wife is like she's Christmas nuts right now too. She she's big on gift planning, getting organized, and all of this sort of stuff. And so she's really like you know you get putting tons of energy and and women really take the lion's share of the load at Christmas. It's crazy, but but for me it's like we're not even in December yet. I would not even consider like stockings or gifts or whatever. But she she already has a closet full of stuff all all sorted out for uh you know even distribution we went over them the other day and what what other things are we going to get and so so it's just like she's really you know really really into christmas and for me i have her birthday to get through her my wife's birthday is december 3rd christmas is way after that i've got bigger problems um so uh we will see how i i, I uh, make do there talking about kids growing up today um we noticed so clara you know, one thing I tell all parents is with sleep, don't mess around. If things are working, 
don't just you know leave it. Just don't screw with it. And uh, and Clara, who is uh, my youngest, who is like two and a half now, a little more than two and a half. Her birthday's in April. In April, she'll be three. She is still in a crib. And the crib is one of these ones that you can turn into sort of a, a, a kid's bed a little bit like it's a three-in-one type thing. Mm-hmm. But we've kept it crib, like just because, you know, she has no issues with it. Even though she could be in a bigger bed, we didn't want to mess with her sleep. Everything was so good. But she's been acting weird lately, whereas like she's gets in Gwen's bed all the time. She plays with her stuffies in Gwen's bed, um, her older sister's bed. And it's just, it's just like she seems to want to be like she be in bed, but not just sleep. And we felt that. And so today. I took off the, you know, while she was at daycare, I took off the side of the the crib and I put on the, like the lower half, which is now like she can get in it and out as she wanted. And there's a little bit of a frame that keeps her like, if she spazzes out, she won't fall out. Um, But she was so excited, Ryan. It was crazy. She spent all night up there playing in the bed with her stuffies, getting in and out. She kept coming. When she came for supper, she's like, I ain't a big girl bed, daddy. And she was just like over the moon. And I was like, man, I really should have done that earlier. That was like an easy win. Hopefully she'll sleep well tonight. But if she does, if she did, um, then she'll wake up tomorrow and be like, I did it. You know, I know she'll be happy. Sometimes even if everything is going great, I think you have to be like, maybe your kids just need that extra boost of feeling like they're growing up. Cause it's a milestone that she herself can appreciate. She's like, this is a change that signals that you are becoming a bigger girl. And I think that she knew, knows that. And I think that she was excited about it. So it was really fun. I took a bunch of photos of her, like acting ridiculously smiley. And uh, yeah, I was, it was a, a fun, fun moment today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you're, you're totally right about, you know, not wanting to mess with, uh, mess with sleep. But at the end of the day, you got to transition them out of a crib and, and into a, into a bed at some point. I think we got, we had, we struggled with Caden. Um, we put him in a bed and it was kind of like, oh, I want a big boy bed. And, and he would sometimes get out, but Abigail was the one that we, we, we put her in a bed and we thought, oh, this is going to be trouble. And she just kind of, she was fine. Like she, now she had Caden in the room with her. So I think she had, you know, um, someone to to get through the night with and in terms of like not being alone in the room uh but you know she's she struggles in the morning i think that's that is the worst part about transitioning away from a crib is that they are not trapped in their beds um they can they can get out of them very easily and sometimes that sucks because they're coming out during the day or sorry during the evening i don't I'll lock my kids in their crib uh, during the day. Um, but uh, also in the morning, like they get up super early, then you're kind of hosed. Like they, they can't just entertain themselves in the crib with whatever little toys or blankets they have in there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad it, uh, I hope it goes well. Like, honestly, I think, I think those cribs that kind of, tra- you know, can transform. I think we, I think we had some that you could take the walls off, but we never did do that. I think we just, I think we had bought Caden bunk beds and that was sort of what we were going for. And then we, we took the bunk beds apart and then that was Caden and Abigail's room. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's always exciting when you can kind of move them on to the next step, because honestly, like who wants to have, you don't want to have your crib laying around. You kind of probably want to get them into beds as soon as possible. Right. That's definitely true. I think we're good. Like it's quiet up there. Hopefully things are good. Now, are they sharing a room, Gwen and Clara, or are they in separate rooms? 
No, they're not. But when we when we went on um, summer vacation and we rented a cottage, they did share a room there, and I totally think that they could potentially do it. But again, it's as I say, don't mess with a good thing, right? Like right now, we got sleep. Let's keep it. Let's keep her. Let's keep her rolling. And I do think that they like having their own space a little bit. So mm-hmm. and we can uh, we can afford to do it. So might as well. Might as well do it. Last thing I'll just say on, on my end on the diaper side is, um, and I won't spend a ton of time on it, but we, um, uh, Gwen and I, a year after playing Luigi's Mansion on Switch, we have gotten back into it. Uh, we had totally finished it. We had 100%ed it. It had been an amazing experience. She played Luigi. I played Luigi. Um, and uh, this time, though, she's playing from the beginning she's not she is still guiji because she's scared of being hurt by the ghosts and guiji's kind of invincible uh but uh but she, she, last time she only took it up about halfway through the game here it's from the from the ground floor she's she's in it and we're having a blast she's looking forward to it every night we play it that game is a money game for a dad to play with his daughter or son if you have like a five six seven eight year old like i mean luigi's mansion I can't see enough good things. That game is great. And because I've been playing the Mario All-Stars collection, um, and which is, you know, older games, it looks like a million bucks. Like I'm playing Luigi's Mansion. I'm like, God, this game is so amazing looking. <laughs> when uh, in fact, it's just because I've been playing shittier older games uh, lately. So anyway, just a, a plug for that game. If you're looking for a game to play with your kids, um, you know, it, I didn't think I'd be keen on replaying it even just a year after playing it the first time. But here we are having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. Oh, man, Luigi's Mansion. So good. I love that franchise and it doesn't get it's it's certainly with each addition to the franchise. It's gotten more and more love. But I really think like that, that the 3DS one that they came out with was superb a great transition from console to handheld versions and and obviously with the switch version you've got best of both worlds working on handheld and on tv um i will uh i will say this like i i i don't know if this is going to be a big topic but i do want to revisit sort of my experience with um uh remote learning for caden like kindergarten it's obviously been a lot of learning um a lot of sort of uh adapting to to how it'll work and it's certainly not real kindergarten like kindergarten is basically um developing social skills but also trying to develop like we're in french immersion trying to develop that um sort of french base and we had our first uh parent teacher interview and it and it went about as as good as you would think it would go with you know uh, a family of five sitting around a small tablet trying to talk to a, a kindergarten teacher. She's amazing. She's doing a great job, that teacher. And to be able to to remote learn with all those little kids, is it takes way more patience than I've ever had uh, <laughs> in, in any given stage of my life. But, uh, you know, shout out to teachers. But I I think, like, maybe next episode or the episode before Christmas break, I'll have to sort of share my thoughts on how how it's gone but i think caden's enjoying it i I think he's mostly enjoying remote kindergarten because he he doesn't maybe calculate how much he's missing out on um i really hope that we can get both abigail desperately needs to to go into class for school i think she really needs that social um social learning you know to be able to 
understand you you know she's she just hasn't had it yet so she really needs that experience um so i'm hoping next september we'll be able to get both the kids into school because they will be at at an age where they can uh, both be in kindergarten but uh I, i wanted to talk a little bit like we ended up buying these really cheap android tablets for for the kids they were on sale at costco and um really like i wanted to talk about like kind of how far uh parental control has gotten with technology i think we've talked about it on the show before there's this like age group it it certainly wasn't your age group it wasn't my age group but it's kind of like the kids that were born in the 90s where um their parents may not have been tech if their parents weren't technologically savvy they could get away with a whole lot with cell phones and internet and social media um and i i've seen that i've seen that difference uh, you know that split um with you know ashley's younger sisters and and my youngest brother like there is that split when it comes to technology but now um with these android tablets they there's this thing called google family link and i know apple has it as well there's parental controls but i i have this family link app on my phone i set up their tablets i they're set up as like kids you know, with kids, Google kids accounts, and they have to ask permission for everything. If they want to install an app, I get a message on my phone and I approve it or I decline it. Most of the time it's me installing the app and then I have to approve it myself, which is a bit cumbersome, but at least I know the kids can't like wander off and start installing or buying Smurf berries or something. But it's, uh, it's crazy how far I was really impressed with it. The fact that I could set it up. So like, he can't browse the web at all. You know, he, uh, Caden likes to click the, on the weather app and then the weather network app has a bunch of these like articles and videos and stuff. So he's like, I want to watch this B video. If he clicks on it and wants to visit a site, I will get a notification on my phone saying like, Hey, Caden's asking permission to watch this, go to this page or something. And obviously I decline it cause he should be working. Um, but it's, uh, it's really cool how far these tools have come. And honestly, like I, was a little worried about being a parent in a tech technological world. But I think, you know, the major players, Google, Microsoft, Apple, they give you enough tools at your disposal to kind of like really trim down the experience so that you're comfortable. Right. I I think the true test will be social media age and, and how, how we approach that and how that looks. But hopefully by the time they're ready for social media, we've, created some responsible kids but uh actually i'm really not looking forward to that <laughs> social media no stuff, no but... i i don't blame you i do think that people sort of blame like i don't know how to say this the 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 pawn off lack of effort as ignorance they say you know these tools are too complicated for me mm. or i didn't know that these were there or i didn't know that i could use them or why do they have to make them so difficult and yes ryan is tech savvy and there's a lot of people that are tech savvy that will have an easier time with this but at the same time i think that a lot of strides have been made to make these things easier and easier to use and it's just like i think saying like oh yeah i i i didn't know is just kind of laziness at this point like as as a parent you can figure it out and it's not that complicated right is that fair no i I think that's super fair there are 
they're just there's so much and it it, it goes uh, you know pr- there's parental control but there's also security of you know your accounts and very lately there's been a lot of looking at you know you know two two factor authentication that's been getting more and more spotlight and i think it's the same thing as parental controls like it's there and now it's very front and center in that it's not hidden it's not this like special setting buried in in the bottom pane right it's right there front and center and you know with family sharing like um what we did is we bought uh google play pass which has it's like four thirty five dollars a year comes with a bunch of games and a bunch of apps and stuff and and it's it's android so of course there's like thousands of apps included on it and like 50 percent of them are not great or not for you but we i was able to go in and just like install and have like a bunch of educational apps and games for the kids to have on their tablet but um you know and we say to Caden like this is he knows how to get into his classroom and how to navigate the camera mute and unmute you know sometimes he 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 will unmute his mic and start talking to the teacher when clearly he's supposed to put his hands up but you know he's in kindergarten he's if he knows a tool that he can use and and to get someone's attention he's gonna do it but uh it's just crazy how you're right like if you if you want to feign ignorance and say oh well technology be as technology does i'm not going to bother with it those tools are there not only for you but to protect your your kids as well and i and i think for me as someone who's a bit of a worry word it's nice to know that i can i can give that and because i've seen it i can give that tablet to caden he knows how to work it sometimes he'll be like fiddling with settings and stuff but it's been locked down to a certain point that i know that if i give him that tablet and walk away for five minutes i'm not going to come back to him on some app or site he shouldn't be on or or even like him deleting things that he needs or 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 whatever like doing anything wrong like he can just he can enjoy his his apps when he gets app time and he can do his classwork when he has to do his classwork and i just yeah i wanted to give a shout out to how like freaking simple google family link is and and i'm on ios and 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 the app works perfectly it's just it's it's really great so again if you're on the lookout for for tablets and you don't want to we did not want to buy our kids ipads mainly because they're just super expensive and i do not trust the kids with these things like they're going to destroy them so we literally bought like hundred dollar android tablets and they worked just fine for what we needed them to do i mean they're super slow and super obnoxious but they work for what what we needed them to do and and with this family link like we can just kind of prove stuff on the fly it's really great well, speaking of family links and apps and such, Ryan, is there any listener feedback this week as we move to the tail end of the show? Yes, I got a message in Discord from Good Listener Whirlwind, and he has a Christmas app suggestion. We are beginning the Christmas season at Dungeons and Diapers, whether Crofton likes it or not, and uh, Whirlwind kicks it off uh, with, don't know if you guys are already talking about Christmas, we are, on your podcast, but since it's COVID and there probably won't be a Santa in malls this year, I found an app called PNP Portable North Pole and thought other parents would like it. I haven't bought the full thing and I'm still on the trial, but it's kind of nice to have Santa call you up and all. I'll be showing it to uh, Ellie tomorrow. That's uh, Whirlwind's uh, daughter. So this is an app that you can set up in a way where I think I haven't used it yet, but it's it's certainly tempting. Um, the The videos look really high quality and essentially, it's like you input your name and some some other stuff for your kids, and then they like create a personalized video of Santa like calling 
your kid. I think it's just like a video that you play and and it, and it appears as though Santa's like FaceTiming your kid. It sounds really neat, honestly, for for like where we're yeah. at. Yeah. No, you I get Well, here's the thing. I struggle Yeah, burst this bubble. Let's go. I struggle with the the Santa thing, okay? Cuz okay. you know, no, like I mean we're essentially lying to our children, right? Is the deal. Like you're uh-huh. you're telling your you're telling your kids a giant lie, which is okay somewhat based on intentions and like adding magic to their life and so forth and so on. But there's there's for me there's a line in terms of how much am I willing to go to what lengths am I willing to go to maintain this deception and what I mean by this is like I didn't because of our society I didn't have to lie to my kids right. they 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 actually you know through pop culture through all these things they they took on the Santa myth before I had to like lay it out to them. All I have to do is not deny it. Right. Right. Like, so I'll, you're going to plead the fifth when your kids get yeah. older. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm like, I never said anything about this. I'm <laughs> like, you're, you're calling, you're calling me a liar. You would ask me, you'd ask me how, and, and when they ask me questions, like how does Santa get through the chimney when we have like a glass fireplace blocking the air? You know, like I, I, I would be like, I don't know. Really? That's, that's a really good question. Like it's oh, got to be some kind of, it's got to be some kind of magic, I guess. Like that's all I can I, I can guess. think of. And then you just you show know, them like, you show them the Tim Allen classic, the Santa Claus, and and you're all set, right? I just all I'm saying is that like showing going like I yes, do we go to see the mall center? Yes, we do. But okay. we're at the mall and we're at the mall anyway. And my daughter sees the Santa and wants just like oh let's let's see Santa. I'm like yeah, sure, fine. But I am not hmm. like like making that active trip to the mall. So for me, this level of here's a Christmas app that I could download and which computers will generate some sort of CG or, or version. It's, li- of, it's live action. Like it's what I, we'll take Santa and, and deep fake him um, <laughs> so that, so that my kids will be even more confused later on. I just, I don't know. For me, it's just a line that I'm not comfortable with at this point, but sounds good for you, Ryan. No, <laughs> like, well, I mean, I was going to say like the next question and we can save this for when we get into the Christmas season, but I would, I, I don't even need to ask your opinion on the elf on the shelf sort of thing. And what you feel so about there's that. so many people in my work that are big into the elf in the shelf i'm like god damn it that sounds like a lot of work i don't even own a dog because it's too much work i'm like to do an elf on the shelf like every night like we come down and, and jesse's like whose turn is it to make gwen's lunch or whatever like uh. because we because we just we just want to veg because we've had our big days or whatever and it's like well now we have to find some way for this elf to be in different places to perpetuate this giant lie to for my kids. So yeah, no, we're not, unless they actively ask for it and say, Hey, Timmy has an elf on the shelf. How come we don't have one? Uh, you know, like I'm not going to be, uh, not, I, I, I just imagine that, um, Ashley is behind <laughs> you with her, with her fist in her mouth, like trying not to scream and be like, Give me the mic, Ryan. I need to tell this Grinch what's up about well, Christmas. I was just, just going to say, does it surprise you to hear that we have we do the Elf on the Shelf? Ashley, Ashley's a big of course not. proponent of it. But our Elf on the Shelf is in a glass jar with a candy cane, and he's he's in isolation for two weeks so he can join our social bubble. And every couple of days, <laughs> Ashley like, opens up the jar and like takes a chunk off the, off the candy cane. I actually came downstairs because I, I let the kids 
go downstairs and I didn't realize Ashley had put the elf out. I came downstairs finally to find the kids. Abby was trying to open the jar <laughs> to get the candy cane out and she had ripped like the label off that Ashley put on there. And now for the last five days, Abby's just been so focused on this candy cane that she's like, I'm pretty sure Nook, our elf on the shelf, uh, will eat pine cones. So if I get a pine cone and put the pine cone in there, can I have the candy cane? <laughs> so, oh, uh, they, yeah. oh she's she's machiavellian that's very good yeah. I, I i i just will say that like i welcome to be lambasted by listeners sure um about my christmas opinion or any opinion you desperately want a ps5 and and you're like i'm not gonna let this loser tell me not to get a ps5 right now or maybe maybe you you care deeply about a christmas or you want to have eight christmas trees decorated and you're you know and you want to do it in october much less november so let us have it you can do that email the show dad at tgistudios.com dad at tgistudios.com subject line let ryan have it and send (laughs) send an email you can also visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad all our old episodes are there Uh, we're both individuals of individual natures you can follow us individually on the twitter i'm at croft and steers ryan is at r murphy and we would love it if you would follow the show the show has a uh has become sentient has its own uh, account and that's at d and d cast um so those are the three twitter accounts uh ryan unless you have any do you have any final remarks before i close up uh, i gotta go move that elf i just it's you know uh i know i know you know what I hear it's the elf's birthday soon maybe you could do a video for him oh. get 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 the band back together am i right all right, that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week, everybody. See you in a better month. Bye.